so vain. I'm pretty sure this song is about me. I'm so vain. Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you? Don't you? Oh, today is Tuesday, October 6th. 2020, my name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of this Joe Batanz, a show where I, Joe Batanz, your friendly neighborhood Joe Batanz, walk you through the daily events that are my life. This is my Friday, which means you won't be hearing from me for four days, is it three or four days after this? Either way, it's the latest episode of this Joe Batanz right here on Afterthought said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batanz and I am the host of this Joe Batanz. And it's a, it's a special episode, it's not special at all. This is the episode for Tuesday, October 6th, 2020, the year of our Lord 2020, where I'll be talking about everything that happened to me. I'll be honest with you. Today was a very productive, but very boring productive day. But we'll still walk through it. We'll still we'll still have a good time. We'll still we'll still uh, uh, do our thing, as they say in the bi business. Um, what time did I wake up today? I don't know what time I woke up today. I woke up, and I don't know why that's important. You know, I know I do know what time I woke up today. I woke up around six thirty. I woke up around 6.30 or 7, probably closer to 7, because I remember I started playing Animal Crossing, and it hit 7 o'clock right before I, um, right when I started playing, so just right before 7, I, I, rolled, I rolled over and I played Animal Crossing, and then um, I did that, read the news, uh, read went on Reddit. Did it was an hour of just so uh, online watch reading, Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff. You know what's going on? Who has COVID now in the White House? Then at eight a.m., I was oh, so the day before. Okay, I think I shared this yesterday. Yesterday was a very stressful day for me, and I had a ton of stuff on my to do list, and I got only a. Th- I got a, I got I I made a major dent in it, but I felt stressed because I oh didn't oh was that gonna be our new thing where we we listen to uh, spa music uh, while we um, while we do this and I felt um, uh, I was stressed because I don't think because I because I, I did make a major dent uh, in it, but it was I think. I felt my time wasn't spent correctly and that I could have done, I could have made a bit, I could probably could have done the whole thing if I had spent my time correctly. <coughs> a big part of it though was that I was uh, talking to Aiden and, uh, oh, by the way, okay. That second too. I was talking to Aiden and he took up a lot of my day. And, uh, 
And so I felt I didn't, I wasn't as productive as I could be. And I feel, I always feel this incredible guilt whenever that happens. So what I did was last night, I made a, uh, a schedule of what I was going to do. Okay. I made a schedule of what I was going to do. And um, hold on, pulling up that. I, I can't do things. You know, you know how I am. I can't multitask. Okay. So, um, and the schedule even had per hour what tasks I would accomplish. So I had a list of tasks I wanted to accomplish and then how I, what, what, and what hour I would accomplish. I also had Aiden's work schedule for the day. So when I would talk to him in the morning, when I would talk to him in the evening, what would, everything I would fit in in between. And it was great. And so, what I figured out was the best time for me to work out today was at 8 a.m., and which I did. I, so at 8 a.m., I went and I worked out. Uh, look, I give myself I give myself little cushions, so I didn't work out for an hour. I probably worked out for about. Well, look, I'm including the because I do because I'm old and injured. I do. I think I feel like young people ignore stretches. At least I used to when I was working out. But I don't now. So I did the pre-workout stretch and the post-workout stretch. And I think all told with everything, I think it was today, I think it was 40 minutes. I think it's a five, a, it's probably 35 minutes, a five-minute uh, post and a 10-minute pre-stretch and then 20-minute workout. So 35 minutes of the 8 a.m. And then, and then I tried to get some, I tried to get as many of the little things out of the way as possible. As we know, I'm a big fan of the productivity method, getting things done, GTD. And in that method, I'm actually combine a lot of methods. I do getting things done. I do Pomodoro, uh, just straight up just having a schedule does things. You know, I, I combine them all into one big thing. And so, uh, I was, I was just crushing it. Well, as I explained, you know, I'm part of this movement, or now it's going to be a hashtag for a bunch of political reasons, literally, uh, called Drag Him Out. Hashtag Drag Him Out. And um, we wanted to get a hold of a friend of mine, a politically active friend of mine named Carlos, who lives in Orlando. And he's just been sort of really hard to nail down to get in for a call to talk to. And um, Aiden was going to call me at 9.45 in the morning. And that we were going to talk on his way to work. And then we were going to talk again at 5.15 p.m. my time on his right after work. And um, so I'm getting shit done. And then I my plan was to have breakfast before Aiden called. You know, I'm on that clean program. I was going to have my smoothie before Aiden called, and that was the plan. And then Carlos called, and I was talking to him, and I was like, "Shit!" So I had to get Tomas on the horn. Tomas is the young indigenous boy who's sort of really the organizer behind this. And Tomas was like, "I can be ready in a few minutes." So then we had this was our one chance with Carlos. And um, Aiden called. I was on the phone with Carlos. So I had to tell him, hey, babe, I, I can't talk. So I couldn't talk to him on his way to work. And Tomas dealt with Carlos. Um, a couple of things about Carlos that were interesting. 
So when I first met, it was really interesting because when I first met Carlos, well, what, no, it's so funny. I think I feel like he's come full circle. But when I first met Carlos, he was like this serious 25 year old, all business, like married to this guy. That I, that's how I knew. That's how I met Carlos. He was married to this one guy from the Princeton Review, and I was out there working, and I stayed with them. And, uh, but then when he and the boyfriend broke up, Carlos and I just became, we'd be, we stayed friends. And Carlos would come out here to California. We'd always hang out when he was here. And he was kind of crazy. He was a character. You know, probably wouldn't even say he had a, had a drinking problem. He's sober now. And, um, and today he just sounded really down and really serious and really just tired. So I don't know what's going on with him. And we only talked a little bit about personal stuff. What's funny is Tomas called right when he with Carlos is really getting into some personal stuff. And uh, it was actually really interesting because he used to be really involved in the gay community in Orlando. And I found out he's doing stuff for the Biden campaign, but it's really Hispanic outreach. He's not doing gay outreach. And this is where Tomas called. So what I'm going to tell you right now is all I really know. But essentially... When Pulse happened, because Carlos is in Orlando, when Pulse happened, in terms of community outreach and support, Carlos was on the ground floor. He was one of the people who was really helping these people get through it. And it just sort of exhausted him. It drained him. And he said because of that, because still years later, he's dealing with uh, the aftermath of Pulse. That even years later, he uh, is just burned out because of it. And that's when I went to Tomas called. So I don't really know much more after that. And I, he's kind of, like I said, he's a hard person to pin down for a phone call. So I don't know how that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, hmm. And so, okay. So then that was that call. And then Aiden was at work by then. So then I had breakfast after that. I had breakfast with the fam casually. They had already eaten, but they were sitting outside talking. And I watered my plants. And then I came in and I just attacked my uh, to-do list like nobody's business. I mean, a lot of it was just stupid stuff. Emailing that person. Uh, canceling my gym because I belong to this stupid gym that I'm obviously not using anymore. Canceling the gym. Uh, emailing that. Setting that up. Looking into this. Looking into that. All kinds of things. And uh, just really just tore through it. And I was actually, for the most part, done. I thought I was going to... I was trying to get done by like a t- like three. So I'd have a little bit of time before throwing down. I was done by like... I want to say one. I was done by one my time. And... um. I remember, cause don't and remember, I I I had hit a bunch of it yesterday too. I had this major to do list, so I would say I polished it off around one, and then I had a, a nice long conversation with Adam Vot. Then I had lunch. Then I came in, and I think I still had some more work to do. Even now, tech up until this like a few minutes ago, I still had work to do. And uh, but it was like little things. It wasn't anything pressing. You know, and so all the stuff that I just needed to get done, I got done by one. And um, even right now, I'm looking at lists that I have all over the place, and I'm crossing out what I've done. 
Um, and, uh, so, uh, I made a major dent and then by three o'clock, I think I just hung out and I just read the news and chilled and then, uh, played video games, talked on the phone and then it was time to do throwing down. And, um, oh, you know what? I was torn around 315. I was torn between taking a shower and doing more work. Uh, I'll tell you what that work is in a second. But what I landed up doing was taking a shower, uh, and then chilled and then did throwing down. And then you'll, you've heard throwing down by now, I hope, or you will hear throwing down. And then after that, I immediately, in the last 30 seconds of the show, Aiden called. I talked to Aiden. And uh, we had a lifelong talk till about 6.15. Then he had to go and I had to go. And then I came in and finished my work, which was, I really truly, I'll explain why in a second, want to have Wednesday and Thursday off. I'll be honest with you. Lately, it's been that because I have to post new shows and I have the shows. I have the shows. But I just have been like, oh, I'll post it on Wednesday. And then Wednesday happens, and I'm like, oh, my God, i got to post a show. And, you know, they have to go show, they go on the public feed. And so especially on Wednesdays, I land up working. And I really want tomorrow to be, and again, I said, I'll explain in a second. I really want tomorrow to be a day where I just don't work. Okay, I'll explain why in a second. So uh, I posted uh, the Genius Parade that comes out on Thursday. Uh, I posted Throwing Down. I posted Season 7, Episode 2, which will be on the public feed. On Thursday, and uh, now we're gonna. I'll post those disjo batants right after this, and I'll be done. And uh, that's another reason why I really want to get through my to do list because I just want to. I want to be able just to chill, manana. So here's a deal. I don't. I don't know if I've talked about this or what I've talked about or how much I've talked about, but um, my mom is going in for a procedure tomorrow. Now let me tell you. Anytime anybody goes in for a procedure, and I'll explain what the procedure is in a second. You're always a little frightened. They're going to put her under, and they're not frightened, but you're always like, okay, well, look, bad things can happen. We have to prepare ourselves, but if they're just putting her under, they're doing an endoscopy. But I think I'm more worried. I hope tomorrow goes well, but not for the reasons you think. I'm hoping tomorrow goes well because... Um... And I feel like I've been fearing for my mom's mental health. And I think a lot of it comes from my mom has, as you can tell from the stories, severe control issues. And I really think COVID has really, really affected her in ways that even she doesn't fully comprehend. And that the lack of control has really gotten to her really affected her mental health and the way it's manifesting herself is in, I wouldn't even call it hypochondria. I guess hypochondria is a part of it, but I also think that there's an element of Munchausen syndrome. And for those of you who don't know Munchausen syndrome, Munchausen syndrome is people who crave the attention that comes from getting sick. So they're often fake illnesses so they get attention. I don't think my mom, my mom's not faking it. She, I've seen her even when she doesn't know I'm watching her and she she feels the pain. But I do think she gets off on the attention she gets. But it just seems ever since COVID, there's always something. 
And when that is proven to be not real, then there's the next thing. Okay. And so I even think I'm hoping, and if it's not, then I will, whoa, my gosh, I just, I just moved the towel and bad things happened. Then I will have to make a severe push, which I will get in trouble for, for her to see a mental health professional. Because um, uh, I think COVID and my, I think COVID and my grandparents passing away have made, made her feel very out of control. Uh, and what's funny is there are th- there are, are medical procedures that need to be done that she's putting off. First of all, my mom has uh, an almost paralyzing fear of uh, being put under, which is funny because she'll be put under tomorrow. Um. But she has a fear of being put under. She hates being put under. So she, and I think she also, again, going back with the lack of control, her doctor has told her that the arthritis in her neck is very critical. She needs to have surgery. And if she has the surgery in her neck, it will solve the problem with her neck. But that her neck right now is so brittle that if she falls down or has a car accident, she could be and very well could be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And he wants to have this surgery ASAP. And my mom finds every reason to put off this surgery. What's funny is, I think she's under the impression, and there's no way you can convince her otherwise, that if you have the surgery, that she's going to be like immobile for like months. I think the complete recovery is four months or three or four months six to eight weeks. I can't remember what it is. There's all these numbers that always float around. But I think I was reading about it, and I think, yeah, you have to be careful and do all these things, but I think the actual you can't move uh, is like a few days. I think I read that people are walking around and cleaning their house within a week. But anyway, so she... Um, oh, I didn't do that right. Um, see? I'm thinking of... I'm seeing... I do have homework I have to do. Um... Send. Oh, okay. Well, that, okay. See, I didn't put that. I didn't put that to do list up, and there's a thing I forgot to do. Um. Anyway, so my mom started getting stomach pains a few weeks ago. Right, her surgery was gonna be of two weeks ago or something like that. And then all of a sudden, she got these mysterious stomach pains, and she wanted to go to the emergency room. And they literally ran a battery of tests, like they did. MRIs and CAT scans are all the same thing, I know. But, like, they did a full workup, right? And they said, oh, now she's, we know she had a cyst on her kidney. Now we're thinking that the, the doctor came in and like, everything's fine, completely clear. Uh, ev- like, anything possible that can be wrong with you, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, but she goes, there is, you know, you still have the cyst on the kidney. It's not going to go anywhere. And now you have a cyst on your pancreas, right? Oh, well, that... Set my mom into a tizzy. She canceled the surgery on her neck. And she pretty much insisted that they did what about this pancreas. And so because she insisted, now they're going to do this endoscopy, which she's all nervous about, on her um, to, see, to look at the cyst and take a biopsy. Which, look, ultimately it's a good thing. It's a precaution. But I read about it. And uh, pancreatic cysts are very common, especially in women of a certain age. But only... One to two percent of the time, one to two percent of the time, are they ever anything to worry about? And if they are something to worry about, 
they just take it out, you know? But they even hesitate if, 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 if it seems precancerous. Uh, they even hesitate taking it out then. They just monitor it. And then if it looks like it's getting dangerous for years, they say it could take years before anything happens with it. And then if it looks like it's getting dangerous, then they take it out. So that's, that's the worst case scenario. But my mom, I've heard her because this is where I think the Munchausen comes in. She knows this. I've sent her the article. I've had conversations with her about this. She knows this. But yet I hear her on the phone with friends talking about how let's just hope it isn't pancreatic cancer. This is what I live with, people. This is why I have to take Zoloft. Because I live with people who are great. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of This Joba Tant. We'll be back on uh, Sunday morning, you get it, with another episode of This Joba Tant. But I will talk to you guys next week. You'll have a full update then, right here on Thought Media. 